If you've ever worked sales or owned your own business, you know exactly how important marketing is to grow your business. On today's episode of For Better Self and Net Worth, I had the privilege of interviewing Edwin Dearborn. Edwin Dearborn is a branding expert and a best-selling author for his advice on how to grow business. And today he's going to share core principles that we work for any kind of business. He knows how important it is to stay relevant, yet these principles have worked for decades and will continue to work for you. So grab a pen and a paper if you're listening at home, or if you're riding in your car, make sure you check out the show notes when you get to a stopping point so you can go to Edwin Dearborn's website and apply these principles to your business and start growing now. for better self and net worth. We are starting off the new year as we record this podcast. It's still January. And I know many of you have a lot of goals in growing your business. I have the perfect guest with us today. I have Mr. Edwin Dearborn. Edwin Dearborn is a virtual chief marketing officer, partner of several businesses, a best-selling author working on his fourth book. And he's got a lot of great information and valuable things to share with us today. Um, Edwin, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I want you to go ahead and give a background on yourselves, your career, how you grew your business, and what you would like to share with us today. Great. Thank you. Well, I was fortunate enough that I grew up in Orange County, California. My parents owned several small businesses while growing up. So I was able to really cut my teeth starting at the age of 12 all the way till age of 23, working with my parents on the various businesses that they started. So I I was immersed immediately in the world. Now, this is back in the mid-70s and all the way through the 80s, where marketing was much different then than it is now. But the principles are still the same, which is you have to acquire enough attention and enough clients to make enough money. So back then, marketing was different than it is today. But again, the same core principles really do apply. It's just that we have new technology to make things faster, better, prettier, uh, more dynamic. And those principles, I believe, still hold true today. But again, given the technology, they may have different applications. So what I've done throughout my business career is constantly adapt myself to the new environment of marketing so that I didn't become a pterodactyl, an extinct species in the marketing yeah. world. Although I'm almost, I'll be 58 here in a couple of weeks. I've, I have stayed contemporary with most formats. Now I'm not on TikTok, you know, I'm not big on that. So I can't say that I'm contemporary in all regards, But in terms of business development with SEO, social media, content creation, I have stayed relatively contemporary in the application of these core principles. And that's what I'd like to share is no matter what technology developments happen, there are core principles. And what's powerful about having a principle is a principle allows you to always be grounded in truth. You know, it's like if you were to be in a marriage and you wanted to be successful, you'd have core principles. We're going to be honest with each other. We're going to communicate and and sort things out. If you you have core principles with money, you know, don't spend more than you make. These are, no matter how much money you make, whether you make a hundred million dollars or $10, don't spend more than you make. These are core principles. What I found is when I interviewed business experts, business owners. And I said, what are the principles to growing your business? The most common response was kind of a scratch of the head and, you know, maybe some guesses like, well, you know, just work hard. I'm like, okay, well, nothing wrong with working hard. Hustle, Uh, you know, deliver good service. Yeah, of course. 
But if you want to scale your business and grow your business past what you're already doing, what would be those principles? So after many years of study and application, I sat down and go, you know what? I'm going to articulate what these core principles are. So I have 10 core principles plus a bonus principle that I want to share with you. And I don't care whether you're in real estate, you're in life insurance, you've got a coffee shop on the corner, you're a florist, you're a sales rep. These 10 core principles, when adapted to you, and obviously you've got to you know, adapt these principles to yourself, that's what's great about a principle, is a principle allows you to figure out how it applies to you. So the first principle is the money is in the list. The money is in the list. What's your list? It's your email list. It's your mailing list. And I would even say it's the people that follow you on social media. It's whatever data base you have to contact other individuals. Past clients, social followers, leads that didn't convert. That's the list. That's who you, that's who you're going to engage with. Yeah. Who like who talking to somebody, where are they? They're in the yeah. list. So and my question is, do you have a list? Do you have an email list? Do you have a mailing list? Do you have followers on social media? Like, let's just, that is the most core thing is you have to have identities that you can communicate with. Absolutely. But I find that most people don't have a list. Do you have a mailing list? Uh, Do we have a mailing list? You know, uh, do do you have an email list? Uh, Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of like we got some of the emails on this CRM and we've got some of the emails over here. They don't have the list. And it's always the first thing I ask people is, do you have a list of your past clients? I have literally boomed businesses and I've done this multiple times. I walked into uh, custom shutters business. They make window coverings. Been in business for 25 years. They had invoices of over 7,000 past clients that they had never put into a mailing list or email list. We then took all those invoices and brought them into an email list and a mailing list. And we started engaging that list once a month. Within three months, we doubled their sales by simply because the money is in the list. Principle number one. Principle number two, the size of your list and followers directly influences the size of your revenue. So if the money is in the list, then obviously the bigger the list, the bigger the opportunities to make revenue. So now this brings me to the second question. How are you going to grow your list? And they scratch their head and they go, I I don't really have a strategy to grow my list. This is where we then go, okay, let's give away something for free that will give, you know, they got to give up their identity, like a free ebook, a free course, a coupon. Yes. And those that are invested will, will take advantage of that. Yeah. Or you're engaging on social media and someone's talking about you and go, oh, it's very interesting what you do. And you go, great. Can I get your email? Can I get your email so I can send you some free information? That's a way to grow your list. So you've got to have a strategy of how to grow your list on an ongoing basis. Many websites don't have opportunities for you to opt in and give your email. That's one of the first things you can fix on your website is download my free report. Like on my website, branded shareables, download my free ebook. <laughs> Why? I get the email. Yes. When I engage people online, they're like, wow, you do virtual chief marketing officer services. That's very interesting. Great. And I go, good. Give me your email. Let me send you some free information. Now I put them in my email database. And these first two principles, and I'm sure it'd be for the same remaining principles, but they kind of remind me of why social media marketing has gotten to be so popular is because your followers, that is your list. And to get social media followers, you have to give them information for free. You give them tips and tricks, whatever you're doing, whether you're a makeup influencer, 
showing how to put on makeup or if you're a travel influencer, giving tips on where they need to subscribe to travel for, you know, whether it suits their budget or where to go. Yeah, putting out lots of content to that list. Uh, I grow my LinkedIn followers between 50 to 100 new followers per day. Per day. Amazing. Okay. Why? Because I, I figured out the psychology of my followers, what gets them all worked up and frenzied. And sometimes it's not even about business. It's just positive quotes or my views about politics or, you know, hey, did you know the inflation is going out the roof? What are we going to do about this as business owners? I just get intriguing, engaging content and I get followers and then they'll comment and I go, hey, if you ever need virtual chief marketing officer services, let me know. It had nothing to do with marketing, but it got engagement. Yes, because people want to be able to speak what they believe in and they want to connect with other people who have their views to corroborate why they have their views. Yeah. And maybe 50% of LinkedIn doesn't share my views. They oppose my views, but with almost 800 million people on LinkedIn, if all I only attracted was 400 million people, you see, there's plenty of business out there that I can, I can piss off half the crowd but really engage and attract the other half and still do well in business. Because you could be pissing somebody off on one side and you've got people on the other side, like, yes, preach, tell them. Yeah. I mean, Biden and Trump, they've got a lot of people that like them and they got a lot of people that don't like them. (laughs) Absolutely. And they both became president of the United States. So you can have tens of millions of haters and still be the president of the United States. And haters are a sign, you know what, even if they're a hater, even if they're coming in here leaving hateful comments and putting mm-hmm. you down, they still took the time to engage with you. Absolutely. So principle number three, within your list and followers are influencers. It's been said that 90% of the content created online is created by 5% of the people online. I want to know who those 5% are because they're going to, if they share my content or they recommend me, it's got way more impact than somebody else that isn't an influencer. So I want to find out who those people are. And I want to make sure that when they post content, I'm there commenting, not just great post, but, you know, Chris, this is an incredible insight. Thank you so much. You know, like I write like a paragraph or a couple sentences so that he notices me because he's like, wow, Edwin's really engaging. Of course, I'm really engaging. You're an influencer. You've got 50,000 followers. There's 800 comments. I want I want to be sure to build a relationship. I want you on my podcast or I want to be on your podcast. You see what I mean? And by leveraging the power of influencers, these guys are force multipliers they will get 20 times the traction than just working with any other individual that's not an influencer. So identify who has the power to influence your brand as a force multiplier. And by working with them, you'll get way more traction than working with other people. Yeah. Because the reason I think social influencer marketing is so popular is because people are following people that they can relate to and engage with. Absolutely. And a lot of influencers that I'm follow on Instagram, they found me first. That's right. And and if you collaborate with them in business, you know, all the way from like, Hey, let's sign a formal contract. You know, this is how I I get virtual chief marketing officer gigs. I start engaging with these guys. They, I start giving them tips on how to be better. And they're like, you know what we want to make, we want to make you our virtual chief marketing officer. Because we see how consistent you are. We see how engaging you are. We need that voodoo for our brand. So you, you, you prove the point by walking the walk. Yes. Okay. With the success, Remember, you have yeah. to pull their out. That's right. You got you to put out good content, which I'll get to in a second. All right. Point number four, the fortune is in the follow-up. You've got the list. Your list is growing. You're identifying influencers. But you've got to touch upon those people dozens of times before you'll actually get an appointment. 
Grant Cardone, a best-selling author, said that about 10 or 15 years ago, it took four phone calls to get an appointment. He found that it now takes 10. Okay, so if you don't have the follow-up in terms of email, uh, chatbots, uh, phone calls, et cetera, et cetera, retargeting on, on marketing, you've got to have an a, a omnipresence across multiple channels and following up that lead. So like for real estate agents, what we set up is virtual assistants that just do the phone calls for them. They make the 30 phone calls a day and then live transfer the ones that get on the phone. And then we email these leads over and over and over and text them. You've got to follow up with your leads. People, when I hear people go, well, I emailed them once and I called them once. I'm like, okay, you're 10% there. So just because you have a good list, just because it's growing will not determine it unless you're following up. So the money's in the list, but the fortune is in the follow-up. Yeah. I mean, most of my clients in my full-time job, I see several times a year. Absolutely. It's not just a transaction. Oh, totally. I've had people that have been on my email list, my drip campaign for two years before they go, you know, Edwin, I get your emails every week. I don't read them all, but the fact that I'm getting them, I'm seeing them, you know, and I read some of them, now I'm ready to engage. So, you know, maybe two or 3% of your list is in market for what you offer right now. What about the other 98%? It may be a year from now that they're in market, but if you keep pinging them, you keep messaging them, you're going to build brand awareness and you'll become the obvious choice because you're the only one that's talking about what you're talking about all the time. Yes. Okay, good. Point number five, good service is no longer acceptable. We've gotten to a point in our society that good service is basically basic service. People don't remember basic or good service. Good service is like, we deliver good service. Yeah, well, that won't, that won't win you any clients. Your service must re- render what I call remarkable experiences. A remarkable experience is, it could be, you know, you go to your favorite coffee shop and they remember your name and they remember your coffee. Oh, you're Edwin. Oh, you like your coffee? Like, let me get that for you. You're like, okay. Like they remembered yeah. me. I wasn't just, can I please help the next guest? I wasn't the next guest. I was Edwin and they remembered my coffee. Yeah. I think Starbucks was the first coffee place I went to where they don't remember my coffee, but they call me by my name. They say, Ella, here you go. Your order's ready. Yeah. There's a personal touch to that. Absolutely. So there's, there's, a, there's a level of service above good service and it's hospitality. Hospitality is about creating remarkable experiences. So what I tell all the people I work with is what could be remarkable and remarkable means worthy of being remarked. Somebody remarked about what you did. What would get them to talk about, you know, how was your day? Oh, I went to this incredible coffee shop. It was cute. Coffee was good. But the barista was so engaging and so friendly. Oh, really? Wow. That's interesting. See, like something, what's remarkable about your place? What's remarkable about what you do? Build in the remarkable. Figure out how to become remarkable. And when you take it to that high level of service, you're going to become much better known as a brand. Point number six, impactful communication is a superpower. As I say it, become an articulate beast. Speak to the problems. Speak about the problems. Speak about solutions. Put out content, but also improve your ability to communicate. I saw an interview with um, uh, Warren Buffett, and they asked Warren Buffett, What's the most important skill as an investor? And he said, he said that probably the most powerful thing is I took a course in communication and I learned how to communicate. And that was the most powerful thing I ever learned as an investor. 
And you go, wasn't it about how to manage money? He's like, no, because if you know how to communicate, you'll build better relationships. You'll get the real information. People will open up to you and tell you the truth about the investment. He goes, without great communication, I would not be where I'm at today. And he's the third wealthiest man on the planet, self-made billionaire. So in everything you do, whether it's your podcast, your tweets, your communication over the phone, how you address people, your manners, be impactful with your communication. Figure out how to bring the maximum impact in everything that you say, whether it's online and in person. And all of a sudden now, if you're sending impactful communication to that list, to your followers that are growing and growing every day, guess what happens? You're going to get noticed. So number six is impactful communication is a superpower. Number seven, content is king, distribution is queen, engagement is the throne. Okay, I'm writing that down. So content is queen. Distribution no, content is king. King. I used to say queen because I'm a female. But yeah, totally. Is distribution king. is queen, meaning, is okay, queen. I've created the content, but if I don't get it out there, yeah. right? Engagement is the throne. Yes. I've got to get conversations and engagement going with the content. I can't just send it out. I got to pe- get people going, wow, that was really powerful. That opened up my eyes or all the comments you'll see. You know, sometimes I'll have, you know, I put out a piece of content a couple of days ago. I had 1,600 comments and likes. 1,600 in a matter of two days. Yeah. That engagement. That is, and that's key to social media because you can have 90,000 followers, but if they don't feel a connection with you. Right. That means nothing. Right. So. Look, stories are powerful tools. How you can tell a story? You can tell a story in eight words. You know, I mean, the Japanese have, you know, a poetry called haiku. You know, it's not a lot of words. You can tell a story in a few words. You can tell a story in 50,000 words. You can tell a story in 30 seconds of video. So how do you get that? How do you create that content? Again, back to impactful communication. So content is king. I'm going to distribute it broadly through paid ads, through email lists, through retargeting. However, that's all part of distribution. But how do I get it so I engage? And am I engaging my engagers? If if you're engaging your engagers, you're going to see more opportunities come your way. Eight, content marketing is the new PR. People talk about, you know, how do we get publicity? How do we get well-known? How do we get known? You got to create good content because you really have to become your own PR agency. If you aren't beginning your own PR activities, there's really nobody from the outside that's going to do it for you as good as you are. And if you do hire, and I've worked with outside PR agencies, They're always looking to us going, well, what kind of content are you creating that we can talk about? Do you have any awards that you've done? Do you, you know, like I've got to help them along the way. So if you want more publicity, if you want more people talking about you, viralness, buzz, word of mouth, all that, you know, all I would call all that PR, you're going to have to think about How do you get good at telling your own story? That's content marketing. It's really, how do you tell your story in a way that is engaging? Back to point number seven is we got to be impactful and engaging. So content marketing is the new PR. So what is public relations? It's, It's making yourself relatable. It's showing that you have empathy. It's not selling. It's about telling stories. So figure out how what kind of content you're going to get out there that's going to be your own PR. Number nine, joint ventures and co-branding are your force multipliers. So what is a joint venture? If you were a florist, you could say, okay, we're going to reach out to all the churches and synagogues and you know bridal consultants, and we want to become the official florist for all your weddings and events. 
like the official, everything you've got the official jeweler, the official phone provider, whatever of the Tennessee Titans or the Nashville Predators. Yeah, Coca-Cola, the official drink of the NFL. I mean, we see it all the time at corporate level, but a lot of small businesses don't figure out how to do it at a little level. Like I'll tell you a small level, like you go to a La Tip or you go to Kiwanis and you're the only dentist. We only allow one dentist for our group. Good. That's a joint venture. You're going to tap into the other 30 members of your local community, right? You can joint venture with high schools, with local colleges, with other businesses. This is where you have to really get bright. But once you are able to co-brand or create a joint venture, you tap into their database. Back to point number one, money's in the list. Well, the money's in their list too. (laughs) And that's really what a joint venture is, is you're now, I'm not just appearing to my 10,000 people, I'm appearing to their 50,000 people because I'm the official blah, blah for this. And I see this all the time on a local level. I live in Las Vegas and there's people that pay money to the Vegas Golden Knights, our hockey team. They're the official plumber, the official, you know, Ford dealership, whatever it is. And they pay $50,000 a year to be able to have that moniker. Have that, yes. Right. And of course. The excitement around the Golden Knights. Exactly. And they put it on all their billboards and all their promo and they get to leverage the power of the local team because they have gone into a co-branding relationship. So if you take a look at very large financial empires or business empires, they're really good at this play. This is a force multiplier. So, you know, it could be, you can start it out small. You could just be, I'm the official deli of the local high school. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that big level, but the principle, again, back to principles, the principle is the same. Joint ventures and co-branding are force multipliers. Point number 10, frequency and consistency are omnipotent. Okay. So when it comes to branding, advertising, and public relations, the people that win are the people that are consistent and frequent. So if you're putting out good content, well, what would happen if you put out good content time times a day versus one time a week? To your you're going to reach more people. You're going to reach more people. More you're going to be seen more often. So it's not just a matter of doing the right things. It's a matter of doing the right things frequently and consistency. Frequency and consistency are superpowers. Anybody, you study marketing at Wharton School of Business, Harvard, Stanford, USC, Oxford, they're going to bring up that campaigns are successful because not are they on point, but they're frequent and they're consistent. Consistency is a brand builder. Okay. And then I have the 11th. Here's my bonus core principle. And I, this one is a complete unlock, but it's one of the most difficult. And that is, I want everyone to establish a 10X expansion fund. I don't call it a marketing budget because nobody likes the word budget. Yeah, I learned that real quick. The word budget is, it's a word that's confining. Or people think it's cheap. My my podcast used to be called The Budget Babe. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this, this this, this no longer fits my branding. Yeah, budget is... It's not, it's not a positive word that people go, wow, budget. You know, they don't, they, they don't light up when they hear the word budget, right? Yeah. When I tell people, I say, I help people with their budgets. Oh, yeah, that's not exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting at all. So I took, I realized what I'm going to do is I'm going to take away the word budget and I'm going to call it the expansion fund. Expansion fund. I love it. The 10X expansion fund. Would you like to 10X your brand? Great. Good. So what do I, why do I call it 10X? Because we're going to take 10% of your net profits and we're going to put it into a future growth fund. This is going to fund your branding, your ads, your website, your SEO, your virtual assistant, whatever you are going to do that fits your gig, that fits your strategy, you're going to always have money. So 
you know, one of the things I work with realtors a lot and I work with dentists and they, at the end of the month, they never have any money left for marketing. So I said, what we need to do is immediately when you get your commission, we take 10% of it and we put it in your 10X growth fund. And that's what we're going to call it. That's what's going to be on the checking account. My 10X growth fund. And when they look at it, they're like, wow, those are the seeds that will grow my brand down the road. That's the money that I'm going to grow with. So if you actually take 10%, put it in that, and now at the end of the month, let's say the, the guy made $25,000 in commission. Well, now he's got $2,500 that he could run on Facebook ads, Google ads for his next house. You see, and if he keeps funding his next deals with ads and he's got that list being built, right? Now he's growing his list because he's taking all those leads from Facebook and Google. He's putting in a CRM. He's creating some really good videos about how to buy a home, how to refinance a home, how to design a home. And he sends it to this ever-growing list. What if he continues to do that? Well, his 10X growth fund will grow because his sales will grow. And in a matter of years, he will dominate his local marketplace because no one else is doing this. Yeah. Do you run into a lot of people who don't have a budget for marketing at all or dismal at best? What they, they not only not have a budget, they resent the fact that they've got to spend money. Come to, on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's time to make money. You, you, right. Everybody knows that in theory, but when it comes to actually writing the check, the actual doing the do. So what I do is I have to change their mindset and how they look at it and go, it's not a budget. It's a 10X growth fund. And interesting, when I came up with this concept a number of years ago in front of some realtors, I was in Seattle and I said, what would you do if you had a fund that grew your brand? You had money set aside to grow your brand. It was a 10X growth fund. They were like, oh, I want one of those. So the minute I took the word budget out and I put their mind on creating a future of growth, now it made more sense. Yeah. They became more willing to put money into that. I, I notice a lot of politicians are now referring to tax increases as investments. Yeah. We have a new investment. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it, <laughs> but everybody knows it's just BS, right? Yeah. But, but if you were to sit there and go, okay, I, you know, you, I don't know who you bank with, but you go to your bank and you go, I want to open a new checking account and I want to be called Ella's 10X Growth Fund. And every time you got money in, you put 10% aside to that. Yeah. And at the end of the month, you're like, wow, I actually have some money. I can buy better equipment for my podcast or I can you know, hire a VA to get me scheduled on more podcasts or I can upgrade my website, but there would always be money there to grow your brand and put more opportunities in front of you. And, you know, when you're talking to an agent, a real estate agent or a broker who's making 150 to $200,000 a year, 15 to 20 grand a, a year being spent on marketing can grow a list really fast. I mean, that, all of a sudden, you're like, well, why does this real estate agent after three years have an email list of 10,000 potential buyers? Because they they reinvested in their growth. That's why they grew. And I, I did a study one time on what does the average Fortune 500 company spend on marketing? It's 14%. The reason why they're big is because they market and advertise. They don't skimp. Some Fortune 500 companies spend up to 20% of their earnings on marketing. Get that. They're making $100 billion. They're putting $20 billion into marketing and advertising and sales. This is why they sustain. Yes, none of that surprises me. Yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola, I mean, if you look at, I mean, Coca-Cola is a worldwide brand that everybody knows, it's in every country in the world. If you saw how much money they still spend on marketing, even though they're number one, 
even though they dominate the marketplace, the reason why they stay in power is because they know what got them in power. So if you put together your 10X growth fund and make it a high priority to grow your brand and you put it into the right marketing actions to grow your list and create impactful content, over time, you're gonna you're gonna out you're gonna outgrow anybody else who's just sitting there trying to use old school methods. Yeah, they're not contemporary. And, and I really I, oh, go ahead. I provided you a link for all your listeners, and you can put it in the podcast. If they just click that link that I gave you, it'll take them right to that, and then they can read that. They can take a screenshot of it, and then have them. and And my invitation is to this. Adapt those principles to you. How does it work for you? Don't don't just take my word for it. Sit down with a piece of paper or a Google Doc and figure out, okay, how would I apply that to me? How does that work for me? And once you work it out for you, I think you'll see that those principles will, will be major game changers for your expansion. For everything and just for the growing the business. And I yeah. like what you said earlier about being your own PR agency. I actually went to school. And the reason none of this surprises me, I went to school for marketing communications. I once upon a time wanted to work on political campaigns, be a speech writer. Since then, I found out that I didn't really identify with politics as much as I thought I did. So changed my mind and went into sales instead because I like working with people personally and then coming up with marketing plans for their businesses. And what I love about this is regardless of what kind of marketing approach you take. Now we think most of it's gone digital and a lot of it has, because you've got fewer people subscribing to cable, fewer people listening to the radio, traditional mediums that I learned about my freshman year in college. And you've, you've got more people, you know, looking to social media for their news, for referrals, what they're like, or they're even going into community groups. We have a Nashville girls group. People say, Hey, who was the best? microblader who is the best esthetician and people worry for it that way and they're hearing about it from individuals so we're seeing every day how marketing is changing but I learned in college I graduated in 2008 that marketing will always be changing what works for you is going to work for different people so I love that you have those 10 core principles because I think every business can go to that and customize a plan that works for them. It's all about it. And that's, what's great about a principle is a principle is universal. It doesn't dictate what to do. It just gives you a foundation of where to begin of, you know, like you could have a principle, tell the truth. Well, what's the truth to you that you've got to adapt that principle of tell the truth because people see the truth differently. So the principle is universal but how we apply it becomes very individual. And that's what I wanted to do with these core principles. Like the money's in the list. Do you have a list? I don't care what you sell. You got to have a list of potential clients and past clients, and you got to figure out a way to stay in front of them. Got to figure out a way. And I mean, I've seen a lot of campaigns to say that email lists can be more effective than a personal blog or a social media following because a social media, and I'm not looking for this to happen, but you can have a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand followers on TikTok, but what if TikTok gets canceled? What if Instagram goes away? Yeah. How are you going to contact those people? Yeah, I always tell the people I work with, we got to migrate our social followers into our email database. That that because that I own, and people look at their email 17, 18 times a day. Email still is the preferred digital communication channel, and one study was done you know, um, for every dollar spent on email marketing, you get $41 back. Um, I saw Grant Cardone live at the 10X Growth Con two years ago. He said, and he's a billionaire, self-made billionaire. He said, email marketing is his most powerful way of distributing his content over social media. So here's here's a self-made billionaire telling me that email two years ago is still his primary communication channel. I completely believe it. Yeah. And that's usually the people that I follow that I'm getting a lot of valuable information from I'm on the email list. And some of them are on two of my email addresses. I get on two, get twice a day Yeah, because I find their content to be so valuable to me. Great. 
Well, tell us about, you are a best-selling author. You've mm-hmm. got two eBooks. And a book. A book that's available in different types of mediums, such as hard mm-hmm. copy, which I still love a hard copy book these days. I've got, you see yeah. in the background, I've got my bookshelf here. And then you're working on a fourth book. Tell us about your fourth book. Um, the fourth book is going to be, a, I call, I'm going to call the book, The Influencer Next Door and how to work with influencers. So there's, you know, everybody thinks an influencer is somebody with, you know, 100,000 or million followers on Instagram or TikTok, but there's a type of influencer that is more applicable to a small business or an individual salesperson. And they're referred to as a nano or micro influencer. This is somebody, a nano influencer has between one to 10,000 followers. A micro influencer has between 10,000 and 50,000. So on LinkedIn, I am considered a micro influencer because I have 21,000 followers. I get tons of engagement. Now, I'm not a model on Instagram with a million followers. So maybe I don't attract, you know, that type of level of attention. But nonetheless, I'm influencing enough people, engaging enough people that I would be worthy to work with if I was in a similar genre or similar industry going, okay, Edwin can reach 21,000 people. I mean, that's, you know, like I'm going to take your podcast and when you send it to me, I'll post it on LinkedIn a few times. That could potentially be seen by 21,000 people where I could get hundreds, maybe thousands of people engaging with it. I don't know what the engagement level will be, but I've seen that potential. What I want to do, and the reason why I call it the influencer next door is they're probably right within your realm of reach. You don't have to sit there and pay somebody you've never met $1,000 to do a post. You can find people within your own database, your own neighborhood, your own community, your own church, synagogue, mosque, whatever, and find and go, wait a minute, I've got some people right here that can introduce me to several hundred or several thousand people. And how do I do that? How do I start to begin that collaboration with these type of influencers that can put me in a larger amount of people? Yeah. So it's instead of seeing like the traditional influencer, what everybody has in mind of what an influencer is, yeah. finding influencers in your own community. And a lot of successful influencers have around 3,000 followers. You don't necessarily need to have you know, 20,000, 90,000, 100,000 influencers, or, you know, have a couple million because the people that have a couple million followers are making money other than just influencer deals. Absolutely. I have one person I was on his podcast. I'm going to have him again this year, uh, Chris Fontaine. He's got maybe a thousand people that follow him religiously, but they're all real estate investors. And they, you know, I mean, they're, they're investing you know, tens of millions of dollars, small group. Wow. But highly engaged. I'd rather work with 10 or 20 Chris Fontaines than try to get some Instagram model with 2 million followers. Yeah. Right. Because it's, he's right in my, he's right in my circle of influence. He's the, he's reaching the type of people I want to reach. And although it's not quantitatively big, boy, are those guys, I mean, he is an opinion leader for those thousand people. So when he says something, they're going to probably do it. So I want to get Chris Fontaine telling them to work with me. That's that's where I get my influence. So I realized, you know, that there's these type of guys like Chris that have got a highly engaged, highly qualified list, small, but man, worth the effort to work with people like that. And like I said, if I can find 10 or 20 of those people, I mean, I'm going to retire a very wealthy man. So my job and what I'm doing with this book is I'm on this mission to find those 10 or 20 guys. And once I work with those 10 or 20 guys on a routine basis, I'll have all the money I need for everything I need. Yeah. And that's a great way to just kind of target your audience and target the people that you might be working with because you get work with a model that's got a hundred, you know, a million followers have people just scroll right by and be like, oh, she looks cute. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So I'm trying to make influencer marketing more real to the common business person. So it makes sense to them so that they have a pathway to engage them. And you have a lot, it seems like just with your principles, you have a lot of years of experience and you are, you've got multiple businesses that you are a partner in. Mm -hmm. 
So what are, this sounds like, you know, the 10 core principles are things that you have learned along the way. Absolutely. Well, I think just my own study in philosophy, you know, you study the Stoics, you study Greek philosophy, Roman philosophy, things, you know, you really got to take all the complexity of life and, and bring it down to simplicity, to down to strategy. How do I, how do I become efficient with my time? Hence principles. And the businesses that I, I work with as a virtual chief marketing officer, and some of them even, you know, on the board, I'm stockholder on. Um, I think that the value that I bring is just a, a certainty on a few things. I'm not trying to be the jack of all trades. It's like, I wear this particular hat. I know these principles. I insist on their application. It's almost like if you want to get strong and healthy, we are, we all already know that there's a few things you need to do. Eat right, hydrate, exercise, and rest. It all comes down to, yeah. you know, I, if I change your diet, I change your sleeping, I change, you know, what you drink and how often, right? I change your workout routine and I put that to fit you. I know that you'll become healthier. So if I cut out the sugar, I cut out the carbs, I increase vegetables and, and fresh fruits, maybe do some intermittent fasting, I get you to walk, I get you to do stretching, I get you to sleep eight hours a day. Right? If I just put in those basics into an unhealthy person three months from now, if they do that consistently and routinely, they will be healthier, they will feel better. So it's the same with business, which is, what is your exercise? What is your diet? What is your hydration? What is your sleeping? What are those core principles that if I just do over and over and over, I won't see results in three days. I won't even see results in three weeks, but I will see results in about three months. And then in about 12 months, we're going to have a completely transformed individual. It's about that same pace with a business. If we put in the core principles, I'm not going to promise an immediate win. But a year later, you're going to look back and go, wow, I have 5,000 more followers. I have 3,000 more people on email list. I have many more referrals. My client list has gone from 20 to 40. I've got more people in my pipeline in my CRM than I've ever had. I've got more brand awareness. I have referral partners now because I did the basics day in, day out. My sleep, my rest, my workouts, my, my diet. I just kept those in over and over and over. And, and you will see the transformation. And you have more energy. You have and you're going to love your life. More yeah. into what you're going into. I'm, I'm all about just simple steps into getting healthier. I'm not going to do any fad diets, but I do love to eat fruits and vegetables, lean proteins. I keep frozen berries in my fridge. I start doing, uh, start growing hydroponic lettuce. Yeah. I mean, if you keep those basics in, we know that you will become healthy. Every doctor knows this. Every nutritionist knows this. I mean, the first thing that a doctor will, if you're unhealthy, the doctor will go, you know, are you drinking water? Are you eating good food? Are you smoking? Are you drinking too much liquor? Are you exercising? These are always the fundamentals that a medical doctor will always check with you. And what we tell you, if you're doing all those bad things, I need you to stop smoking. I need you to stop drinking so often. I need you to get some rest. I need you to start taking walks. Again, back to principles, back to principles. And so if you do this with your business and business growth, the the tough thing is, is that it's not immediate. That's why I bring up as one of the core principles is consistency. Because I I can't turn an unhealthy smoker who's overweight into... A lat, you know, a gym rat in three months, maybe yeah. in about maybe twelve months, if he does it consistently. Maybe then I could go, "Wow, Bob, what happened?" Well, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I started eating lean proteins and vegetables and fruits, intermittent fasting, got some sleep, started taking five mile walks every day, changed my life. That's why I look so healthy. So. Again, adapt those core principles to you, your business, your growth, 
get, be consistent with them. And I guarantee you, as I have seen over the years with many brands that I've worked with, you'll, you'll work yourself out into a new plateau of prosperity. Yes. And guys, save this podcast. Also, I'm putting the link in the show notes. You can read over these 10 core principles every single day. And I mean, you go through this, you want to see growth. Everybody wants to see growth in their business, whether you're hosting a podcast like I am, or you're in real estate, whatever it is, the people that apply these principles will see major growth in what their business looks like and have a huge, have a bigger funnel. What it's all about. It's Yeah. Bigger funnel is more opportunities. Yeah. Well, Edwin, would you mind sharing on the show where people can find you and how they can work with you? Find me on LinkedIn. Just type in Edwin Dearborn. I'm probably the only one there with that name uh, or one of few. And then you can also go to my website, brandedshareables.com. And you can download my free ebook. My I've got some other free resources there for you to access. And it also has all my contact information. So those are probably the two best ways to reach me, either LinkedIn or the website. LinkedIn website. And he's got a lot of great information for you guys to just to take advantage of and to learn from. He's got so much experience. He's worked with multiple businesses. Um, Edwin, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show. Is there any lasting words you want to leave with everyone? No, just go to the website, Brandon Sherbles, and just download all that stuff. It's absolutely free, whether you work with me or not. Just knowing that you're using the principles and bettering your life is, is uh, it's my way of giving back. You know, I believe in karma. If I do good for the world, the world will do good for me. Yeah. And you're doing a lot of good for the world right now. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Ella, the host of For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. I wanted to first of all, thank you for listening and supporting an independent podcast. I'm an aspiring motivational speaker and marketer who wanted to give a platform to other risk takers, empire builders, and out of the box lifers in the world. By listening, you are showing support for everyday folks like you and myself, pursuing the lives they've always wanted by ditching societal norms and dedicating time to others. To show more support, feel free to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe on Spotify. You can also find the show on iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast, and many other independent platforms. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you are feeling inspired.